0: Well, for you astute listeners and followers of the DPW Podcast, you might have noticed that we posted a video of our fancy new setup, which I immediately (laughs) changed. (laughs) Automatically. Now we got a horizontal table, and we got a fancy new blackout curtain.
1: Nice. Yeah, it is nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Put up mere moments before the recording of this episode. Literally
0: mere moments before this recording. I'm all hot and bothered, too. I feel icky also it's weird because now i can hear noises i never heard yeah. before
1: the wind. well if we stop picking up like that the white noise or like the, the other noise? side
0: yeah Ooh. i was trying to think what movie no was it a kevin bacon movie i don't think it was about the white noise on oh the TV. no
1: um um uh the 24 guy Didn't the guy from 24 didn't he have some kind of sutherland yeah, I think when I... other one Because he had, like, a string of, like, kind of, eh, horror movies there for a while. Because, like, he yeah, I think he had, like, that and, like, that Mirror movie or...
0: Interesting. I have something that you might want to check out related okay. to horror. You, you don't have to read the horror, obviously. I have the Webtoons app on my phone. Okay. And I read a lot of, like, the anime stuff they have on there. Well, I found out the horror ones, at least. I don't know if... I'm sure this is done by other people. Because, like, I was reading one... That has, it was like a video game one and it has music and stuff the horror ones actually have like pop up screens Oh! they have like different things where all of a sudden the, like you scroll down and it pops out at you which is cool and then they have ones where if you allow access to your camera it'll all of a sudden just snap to your room like what you're looking at on your phone and it'll just be in front of you I'm like what the fuck and you start looking around then there's a monster <sighs> right there it's pretty cool uh, I'll give you a couple links to look up later I only got spooked once though and that's yeah. because I wasn't expecting that it would do that, and I peed my pants just a little. Um, oh, that's what that huge puddle was. Oh no, that's that's something else. <laughs> don't don't worry about that. Also, I was thinking, should we start every podcast like a fucking meeting of high society guys, like a secret meeting, like any new business, mm-hmm. any or what, where what do they start with old business? Old business,
1: yeah, cause any old business. business. And um, uh, what's it like um. Cause like, there's no, like, a roll call, and then there's, um, oh, what's it called? Like, um, there's, like, a word. I can't think of what it is.
0: For the roll call?
1: No, not for the roll Attendance? call. Attendance? No, no, for, like, the, uh, for the business. It's not called, like, um,
0: uh I can't remember. I've never been in, in a yeah. uh, legit secret society, just ones I've started that never panned out, so I can't <laughs> say yay or nay on whether it's, uh, the name for it. I do like the business thing, though. I think we do that. But like, any old business? Yeah, Steve's still shitting in the urinals. <laughs> fucking Steve, really, dude? Come on. Well, if you wouldn't fucking... If Dan wouldn't be in the stall for so long, I've been telling you we need two stalls. There's always goddamn reading in there. Maybe I want to do some reading
1: in there, too. I
0: want to do some fucking reading in there. I like the sports section of the Playboy... I don't, That's not a thing. They didn't have a sports section back when the Playboy was around... What would new business... Like, do we ever have new business? No. Any really? new business? I killed a guy yeah. yesterday.
1: We moved the table.
0: We moved the table. <laughs> That's new business. We do need to... Now that we have, like... We're hidden in this corner. We need, like, a... secret, Especially when we get that bookshelf. Yeah. Which, if I can fucking uh, Bruce Wayne it, I'm gonna make it, I'll like, so a... It spin so it I opens. I pull a book out, and it spins, and that by that point, we'd have to make the behind you an actual wall, not a curtain. Okay. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> that would be cool. I have been talking... I have been talking for, like, the last 10 years or so about creating, if I ever bought a house, a fucking, like, a room that has a... I I like the old school book. Pull the book and it turns. But it doesn't have to be that.
1: Well, that's... uh Kevin Smith has one of those in his house because his house used to be Ben Affleck's house. Right. And it was, like, before the whole Batman stuff, but that's how he get he got a safe room put into the place. Ooh. And that's how you got to the safe room is you pulled the bookshelf and it opened up and that's how you would get into the, the safe room.
0: That'd be fucking cool. I don't know what I would do with that power, though.
1: <laughs> I just watch TV in there, I guess.
0: <laughs> just make it your little man cave. Yeah. That'd be cool. Welcome, you are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Moreauville Maggot Muncher Church. Halloween's coming soon, so yeah, yeah. you're going to get some gross ones.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the, the other ones in <laughs> the past
0: couple of months haven't been gross? <laughs> no, those are fine. <laughs> I can't wait, Ted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> T- 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 today, we're talking about the worst opening sentence ever. I think we've, I swear, we've talked slightly about this before. Well,
1: I think whenever we talked about like the good, best opening or just like good opening sentences, I think when we talked about that, we like, you know, we intermingled some of like, you know, like what you don't want to do. Right.
0: Well, today, it's going to be more specifically, we're going to be talking about the contest. About... Uh, it's a very famous contest. I don't know. I think it's... I swear it's been going on for like 70 years or something. Should have looked... Like like most things. I should have researched so before having. It's too busy putting up a fucking curtain. Instead of freestyle research. Mm-hmm. But what is regarded as the worst opening sentence for a story of all time... It's the basis of this contest, which I'll get to in a little bit. Is the famous... It was a dark and stormy night. Now... I will read the whole sentence, because obviously that's just the opening of the opening sentence. But why is It's a Dark and Stormy Night considered so bad? Well,
1: I would think it probably, like, at the time wasn't bad. I would think just from the overuse. Mm -hmm. Because by now that has been, you know, uh, used and played out so many times, I would think by now.
0: I think what makes it so inherently bad is that... And it's generic. Well, besides it being generic, which is the main thing, it 100% just tells the reader it's a dark and stormy night instead of, say, you know, describing the howling winds and the furious rain and the blackness of the night, which is showing the reader and letting them paint the picture in their head. Conversely, I think that it's also a great opening line because as a writer... While your job is to paint pictures with words, your job is also to convey a message in the most efficient manner. And a dark and stormy night, everyone can immediately picture what that looks yeah. like. Sometimes it's not necessarily it, to go into the flowery language.
1: Again, it, like with most things when we talk about it, talk about it on the on these episodes, it's how you use it. Right.
0: It's a tool,
1: and you can either use the tool a right way or a wrong way. You know what I was almost expecting to be on there would be, like, and it'd be along the lines of that, and I would think even
0: worse would be, like, once upon a time. Once upon a time, I would say, have, when have you ever actually read that that wasn't un, unironic or something, like, it wasn't being sarcastic? Have you ever actually seen that in a real story?
1: No, but I don't read those kind of stories. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, See,
0: because I, I went through, like, the Grimm's fairy tales and some other stuff like that, and I never saw Once Upon a Time. I don't think. Maybe I did, and I just glossed over it. Because it's so, you know, such a common trope at this like, point that you will gloss over it. I wonder what's the first story that did that. I don't know. That's interesting, because... Kind of,
1: kind of, kind of even, like, I like I wonder what the first story that was, like, a dark and stormy night. Well... Because that guy was probably, like... That shit's the bomb.
0: Well, that the line "It's a dark and stormy night." Uh, stormy night is most commonly associated with the novel Paul Clifford, who was written by Edward Bulwer Lytton, which I believe is the what that contest is named after. Here's the full sentence: It was a dark and stormy night when the good Antony arrived at the creek, sagely denominated Harlem River, with, which separates the island of Manhattan from the mainland. See, I was gonna, And ask- there's also parentheses in there, so I can see why that sentence is shitty.
1: Well, I was going to ask you if on there if it said, like, when it was written, but I could tell by the way that it was written. It's old. It's very old.
0: Yeah. Fast forward 21 years to 1830, and the publication of Paul Clifford Bulwer-Lytton's t- home set during the French Revolution about a... Ma- okay, I don't want to read about that. I don't know if this is... I guess he just reused the line in something else, and this seems a lot better than that last one. It was a dark and stormy night. The rain fell in torrents, except at occasional intervals, when it was checked by a violent gust of wind which swept up the streets, for it's in London that our scene lies. That's terrible. That was in parentheses. Rattling along the housetops and fiercely agitating the scantily flame of the lamps that struggled against the darkness scanty flames not scantily (laughs) that's all one sentence on a level of awfulness spencer what do you give that let's break it down so we already covered the dark and stormy night you're not really showing the reader the dark and stormy night you're just telling but since he does follow it up with the rain fell in torrents okay well now you can you know he's elaborating on that he's uh showing you that the rain is falling heavily except for the occasional intervals not necessary that was stupid when it was checked by a violent gust of wind, which swept up the streets. that I, I feel like that's okay. Except for the following, for it's in the London that are seeing lies. You don't need to... Yeah, just saying. In parentheses, there's better ways to, to put that. And then, uh, going back with the wind, rattling along the house tops and fiercely agitating the scanty flame of the lamps that struggled against the darkness. So he's trying to show you, you know, the wind blowing against the flames and things like well. that the rooftop shaking that's fine I think it's mainly just too much for one sentence
1: well and then the fact that the sentence is like a paragraph long Mm mhm I think you know that's never good either
0: no not for your opening sentence especially it's just uh purple prose too much too much writing there so we go to the Boer Litton fiction contest in this do they have an about page on here Spencer our story here we go I'll write a Give a little history for the people unaware. Since 1982, the English Department at San Jose State University has sponsored the Bulwer-Lytton Fiction Contest, a whimsical literary competition that challenges entrants to compose opening sentences to the worst of all possible novels. So that would actually be the novels also awful, not just the sentence. I like that. The contest, hereafter referred to as the BLFC, was misbegotten brainchild of Professor Scott Rice, whose graduate school excavations unearthed what he took to be the source of the line. It was a dark and stormy night. So I didn't read all the stuff that was on that previous thing, but apparently it's a dark and stormy night. Is it necessary? Like, they think they have it pinned down, but it's one of those things It could be somebody else wrote it or, like, the history could be different.
1: Well, especially for back then, like, you know, there was like no way to right. keep track of that shit.
0: I'll put this in the show notes if you folks want to read more about this because this goes on for a bit. But I wanted to read some of the, uh, Purposely and purposeful awful first opening lines to, you know, terrible novels. I like this is break broken down into categories. Uh the first one is what is that word? Grand panagendrum? Pangendrum. How would you say that?
1: Pangamagem
0: Pandamagem? That's not right. Grand Panjandrum special award. I feel really stupid if I find out it's like an easy word than <laughs> Everybody knows. Uh, But anyway, so whatever that award is, this is the opening. This is by Robert R. Moore from North Falmouth, Massachusetts. Emile Zola wandered the dank and soggy streets of a gloomy Parisian night. The injustice of the Dreyfus affair weighing on him like a thousand baguettes dreaming of some massage or therapy to relieve the tension and pain in his aching shoulders and back and then suddenly he thought of his Italian friends in their newly invented warm water bath with air jets and he rapturously exclaimed that oft-misquoted declaration, Jacuzzi! I'm gonna be out of breath reading some of these like, cause they're all one sentence
1: that's, I think that's like if, if there was, like, a, a, like a, like a step-mark thing, they that they're that, like, a checklist you had to do for, like, a bad opening, or just a bad sentence period, is way too long. Like that's, way too that's, long. That's, that's one of the, you know, yeah. when you have to, what, have put in, like, what, there's, like, five or six commas in that one sentence just to break it up?
0: Well, also, he's just adding way too many descriptors here. Dank and soggy streets of a gloomy prison night. One, dank is fine. That's like, yeah. you know, some form of wetness. Then you add soggy. Which unnecessary. Is, which another. Which doesn't even go with streets. Why would the streets be, like, soggy? I don't like when people describe hard objects as soggy, because there's no way concrete is going to be soggy. Uh, then gloomy, again. If you have dank, I, I think gloomy would have just worked by itself. Obviously, this is purposeful. And then the... the Dreyfus Affair weighing on him like a thousand baguettes because he's in France. Like yeah. That's just great.
1: I did kind of like that one.
0: This one will be more up your alley. The next category is Adventure. The winner, Andrew Lundberg from Los Angeles, California. We should enter one of these. Probably have to pay 20 bucks. Dropping his now empty Remington 30-06 and tearing across the tundra after two weeks of hunting in the Alaskan wilderness in the company of none other than three-time Olympic sprinter Usain Bolt the rustic outing being the spoils of his winning bid at the Sun Valley Country Day School live auction fundraiser, Bart Michaelman realized with dismay that, in this particular instance, he did, in fact, have to outrun the bear.
1: So, like, is the point to write a bad story, and, or is it kind of like... It, a, you're writing...
0: Or, or is it like a, a Rousey, for, or, or, or a Rousey, whatever that is, for, like, the movies, like, you know, that they give to all the shitty movies? A rising? No, you're writing a purposeful like you're purposely writing an awful opening to like opening sentence to what would be your novel if you're writing an awful novel so it'd be like oh i'm gonna write a novel about a spaceman fucking a bunch of aliens here's my first sentence Mm. to prove how awful this is gonna be
1: i was just wondering because you you you're saying earlier about like not only was it like the thing for like i thought you meant like it was like for the book too it was gonna be like that that's a lot of work to just make like no. to
0: write like a shitty book, A whole novel. Like, like shit. why? Some people do that, and they get paid lots of money though. I don't know if it's Dishonorable mentions. Ooh, I like that. First up is Gwyneth Cosma from. Gar- <laughs> this movie was just a little too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> shitty enough. Gwyneth Cos and this is 2019, folks. Uh, there's a 2020 edition, but it only had the winner, so i was reading these. Gwyneth Cosma, I'm probably saying that wrong, from Garmisch-Partenkirchen, Germany. Garmisch-Partenkirchen! That's probably as close as I can get. As they sprinted together down the echoing, looping ramp of the deserted Gung- Guggenheim music. I never read that before. Guggenheim? I it, guess yeah. it would have two G's, why wouldn't it?
1: It makes sense.
0: <laughs> it just wanted, I always thought it would be O's. It yeah, right? Be, ooh, it, like <laughs> Google? I never read Guggenheim. As they sprinted together down the echoing, looping ramp of the deserted Guggenheim Museum, closely pursued by three swarthy members of the resultly vicious Canalone gang, square-jawed British Royal Marine art historian, world's deadliest sniper John Savage, and his voluptuous young modern art critic Navajo linguist Samantha Silver, cursed architect, interior designer, writer-educator Frank Lloyd Wright for designing such a circuitous route right so the slices, building. So many flashes, So many I can't do this!
1: How did that one not win?
0: <laughs> so many slashes. I think the slashes put It was too, too many slashes. Unreasonable amount of slashes. Next one. Ron Pizzari from Bath, Pennsylvania. Where's Bath, Pennsylvania? You ever been to Bath? No. Never. 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 Not, not once. Three days without food or water, archaeologist Phil Thompson with his leg hopelessly trapped in a wilderness rockfall... And with hungry buzzards circling overhead, saw his entire life pass before him, and he once again experienced, as a child, his mother's comforting words and tender touch as she gently awakened him from his reoccurring nightmare of being eaten by birds. Next up, Doug Purdy from Roseville, California. Anthropology. I noticed there's a theme with these, two, They named their, like, career like yeah. You have to make sure you say their career and their full name immediately in the first, first sentence. First thing. So I'm going to go ahead and say, don't do that, folks. Don't, I never introduce my character in the first sentence, really. And, or at least not, like, by name and what they're doing. And the names. Yeah. The names on these characters. <laughs> like, you could do, you know, Frank got hit by a car, if you just want something generic, and then go on about something, and then maybe later in later on in the chapter, introduce Frank more. But you don't just immediately go into Frank Johnson, the pro- proctologist at higher, for hire, higher, you know, freelance proctologist. Mm. He, uh, well, I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, just... Freelance proctologist. I need to not think of things off the top of my head. That's bad. <laughs> Anthropologist Roland Weatherby stumbled upon the detrius of can- the cannibal camp, including the smoldering remains of his faithful guide, Davy, enraged in disbelief at the thought that even in this digital information age, Primitive tribes feasted on the red meat of human flesh paired with a subpar twenty sixteen Chardonnay. Uh here's some children's literature. This should might,
1: be should be good.
0: Should be how do you fuck up a children's intro? John Hardy, Falls Church, Virginia. This is the winner. Old man Buckman had been murdering and dismembering teenagers in our town for years and getting away with it. And it's important to emphasize the right up front that right. This right up front because young readers like you have painfully short attention spans and unless a story grabs you right off the bat, you'll be back on your video games or phones or skateboards in the blink of an eye. This honorable mentions for kids. Olivia,
1: very kidly.
0: No, not at all. I think that's the point. Olivia Burkett, Springboro, Ohio. There were two goats drooling over the scrumptious olive colored grass, but eternally separated from it by a paralyzing fear of the gargantuan goat munching ogre under the bridge, and there was Tom, the socially awkward ogre who bit his fingernails so noisily that the sound resembled the crunching of bones. See, I didn't mind that one. Maybe that's why it was a dishonorable mention. I mean it was it was obviously a little uh alliteration going on, a lot of slashes and overwriting, but still. I like the idea of the troll yeah. munching his fingernails like bones. Ogre, whatever. Next up, Bridget Parmenter, Norman, Oklahoma. If I wanted to fulfill my lifelong dream of being a dystopian YA's protagonist, I needed several things. Missing her deceased parents, check. A complicated romantic life involving multiple partners and predictable behavior, check. A tough exterior that protected my sensitive inner workings. Check. And finally, a life of danger, uncertainty, and constant struggle to survive. Check. It turns out, Turtles are well-equipped to star in YA adventures. Oh, that's a bad one. Check. Check. Crime detective, the winner, Jeremy Doss, Lochborough, England. How do you, Lochborough? Realizing that his symptoms indicated a virtually undetectable, fast-acting neurotoxin, CIA coroner Quinn Abner frantically wrote up the details, lay on the floor, and, as a professional courtesy, did his best to draw a chalk outline of himself. At least these are humorous.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll read some of that. How many more are there? There's
1: a lot
0: more. Okay, I'm going to not read the dishonorable mentions anymore. See,
1: there's a lot of different cat uh, yeah.
0: categories. Dark and Stormy, winner, Andrew Lundberg, Los Angeles, California. It was a dark and stormy night, and since this was Miami in July and everyone had left their convertible tops down, the rain fell in Cadillacs. (laughs) That's (laughs) a good one. (laughs) Oh, man. I kind of want to read a couple of these.
1: Well, I mean, these ones are going to make me sense of the whole dark and stormy.
0: These are the dishonorable mentions for dark and stormy. First up, Kobe J. Scott, Hollywood, California. It was a dark and stormy night. The rain fell in torrents outside the Breast Western, the Breast Western. I messed that up. The country-themed strip club where the exotic dance do of Stormy and Dark rattled the house, for it was a Tuesday, and fiercely agitated the lustful flames of the patrons who struggled in the darkness to rearrange their wranglers. How did that not win? <laughs> yeah. That's better. The, the, the strippers are named Dark and Stormy. <laughs> well, that's why, because it's better. That's why he didn't win. Oh, that's good. It had a negative greatness. <laughs> Ooh, I, I just like this guy's name on the next one. Saraswathi Ashok, Trivadrum, India. I, I know I messed that up. It was a dark and stormy night. The suburb was devoid of most life and color, and all you could see was the dull gaslights, dark clouds, a deep indigo sky. But to Jade, it was almost the same because, you know, according to modern studies, dogs can see only blue, yellow, and gray. John like Jay. Dog
1: dogs on colorblind?
0: They're, like, slightly colorblind. No. Not completely.
1: No, that's good.
0: Yeah, it's good for them. They just see the world in dull colors.
1: Mm. Like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next up, John Change, Crayfors, Australia. He was a dark and stormy night. His blows fell in torrents, except at occasional intervals when they were checked by a violent gust of wind to which he fiercely agitated a scanty flame in his struggle to light it, for there was jesting in his jousting. <laughs> So that's just a, a pun. Big pun. <laughs> Kevin Anderson, Kiel, Germany. It was a bright and shiny day. The sun scorched the pavement, except under a spreading chestnut tree where it flattened the shadows and starkly enhanced the contrast. For it is in Hollywood that the script begins, illuminating the storyline and manifesting, motiva- manifestly motivating the florid actors who fused and fumed about their lines. Okay, now this is where we're getting to the deep heart of the matter. You thought these some of these were overwritten. Now the next category is purple prose.
1: My favorite kind of prose.
0: <clears throat> I don't know anything about purple rain so I can't sing it or do the melody. I don't I wasn't a prince guy. No. Michael Jackson all the way, baby. You a prince guy? You look no. like a prince guy. No. You look like just, a-
1: Just because I walk around in assless jeans does not make me a <laughs> Prince guy, okay?
0: You kind <laughs> of, you, you know what, honestly, you kind of look like a winger fan. You big fan of winger? No,
1: what's what's winger? You don't like Kip winger? No, I don't know Kip winger.
0: I could have mistaken him for a winger fan. I know
1: wings, I liked
0: wings. Isn't winger the fucking, uh, the kid from um, Beavis and Butthead always liked and they made fun of him, they always said winger sucked, or was it right. Sticks? No, it wasn't Sticks. I think it was Winger. I don't know. We're, we're, we got off track. For Purple Pros, the winner, Randall Card, Bellingham, Washington. When the tall, dark, handsome, buff, and wealthy cowboy moseyed into the blazing six-guns novelty shop, I felt a wave of heat flood through me as if I had accidentally swallowed my sublingual nicotonic acid lozenge causing the niacin to be released instantaneously rather than in a more controlled extended low-potency dose, for which means the prescription had been written. Jesus. I'm going to read another one. Greg Homer, Diamond Springs, California. These are the dishonorable mentions, by the way. The eyelash palm viper of Central America, only about the size of a bungee cord, the kind of bungee cord you use to secure your bike on the back of the car or to keep your patio furniture chairs together or to make sure that the raccoons are unable to remove your plastic trash can lids was both deadly and beautiful. Um, Ooh, I like this one. This is Baltimore, Maryland. Zippera Harker? It's a TZ. I don't know how you... uh, Zippera? Zippera, yeah. Zippera Harker from Baltimore, Maryland. The snow scattered like fair Parmesan from God's <laughs> Own Shaker, drifting down lightly to cling to our squirming spaghetti skin beneath robes of tomato puree, making no distinction between the whole wheat and white or tagliatelle and bucatini among us. I don't... That's gross.
1: I like that first part. Like,
0: the, the, the Parmesan... Yeah,
1: like, that's a, that's a good, like, that's a good line you could use
0: to... I have no idea what's happening in that one. Here we're going to romance, the winner, John Hardy, Falls Church, Virginia. The villa in Tuscany is abandoned now, and nature, in the form of invasion vegetation, is reclaiming the small vineyard where Rodolfo and Susanna made love each afternoon, beginning with the creeping Cosinia Virginiana, followed by the woody Polymonium Gloriosa, and ending of course with the drooping Glendolaria Vulgaris.
1: So they were just making words
0: up. I don't know what any of that means. I don't know if it's a tie-in or what. Science fiction. The winner, Greg Homer, Diamond Springs, California. The frequent and robust bouts of coupling that young Liam shared with his robot girlfriend, Esther 4.0, while satisfying, often reminded him of eating chocolate-covered cherries without removing the foil wrapper. Ooh, so he's licking on that sexy robot lady. But she's a little... Metallic tasting. The, the
1: hint of detail that I did like in that is the the 4.0. So that he's there's been multiple. So
0: he's at, had three others he, at, at least.
1: At, at least.
0: Not to mention prototypes. Yeah, and that's just Esther.
1: And add-ons and whatever. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of weird stuff done packed there.
0: Fantasy and horror winner, Arlen Feldman, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Driven from the sea by pollution. Angliope the Siren found an economy apartment in New York City with the hope of luring the big city buses to their do- to their doom. But to her dismay, she found that her song was drowned out by police cars, fire trucks, and jackhammers, except for one joyous day when she was fairly sure that she caused a skateboarder to crash into a light pole. That's I like that uh, premise. <laughs> like <laughs> mythical monsters in modern day and they can't be all scary and myth you know mythical because nobody gives a shit. Like, the siren obviously wouldn't work because she just screams at you and nobody's listening. Yeah. What other ones wouldn't work? Um, Medusa might still fuck some shit up. Oh, yeah. But mm. you couldn't look at her. Like, Cyclops, they would just, like, you know, put them on social media I, I and be sw- like-
1: Well, I, sw- I see Cyclops a <laughs> <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> we used to work with one.
0: They'd probably have, like, a GoFundMe. Uh, yeah, we did work with a couple mm-hmm. Cyclopses, actually. Uh, historical fiction. Winner, Dave Beck, El Cerrito, California. Contrary to popular opinion, Jehoshaphat. I never read Jehoshaphat either.
1: You're just batting a thousand today. I got bro. that right
0: right off the bat. That's a weird looking word. Contrary to popular opinion, Jehoshaphat, the 9th century BCE king of Judah who reigned for his twenty-five most peaceful years yet, is best known for his defeat of the Moabites at Gadi in 849 BCE. Rarely jumped. So jumping Jehoshaphat, he did not jump very often.
1: Should change his name.
0: Ooh, Vile Puns. The winner of Vile Puns is Bart King, Portland, Oregon. After purchasing an oval Chinese frying pan at the diminutive British aristocrat's yard sale, Nigel realized that he'd just taken a long walk off a short pier. (laughs) Ah, get it, because he got a walk. What was the pier, though? I didn't get that one. Is that what you call it? I don't know. I'm going to read a couple more of these. Dave Beck, El Cerrito, California. So th- some of these people have submitted multiple times. Oh
1: yeah, I've seen a couple of names yeah. pop up throughout
0: the. These are uh, dishonorable mentions. Fed up with Paris. Yeah, guy. Got- Why do you keep writing about Paris? Fed up with Parisian hipsters using fancy foreign words to describe French food. Pierre decided un oof was un oof. I don't. Lost on me. Too dumb. Josh Wright, Piedmont, Oklahoma. As Freddie Don, the mercurial old black waistcoat, trimmed his mustache and helped his younger brother tie his ascot in pres- pre- preparation for the 22nd annual Rave Con- RavenCon, he cannot help but reflect how happy he was to be a Poe boy from a Poe family. Edgar Allan Poe, because it's RavenCon. Is that a real thing? I want to go to RavenCon. That's like yeah. made for me. Yeah, you'd be real down for that. I'm very disappointed. These fucking puns suck. But I feel I think you'd stand out,
1: though. Me at a Ravencon. Why? Because I I because I, I hear Ravencon and I just I just uh, yeah I automatically think of like very thin, pale black hair in their face, dark clothes, kind of you know the you know the stereotypical like you think of the you know oh, so you're like,
0: thinking of the crow kind of but skinnier.
1: You know, like the more the more like gothy kind of you like, know, like
0: an anime character.
1: Kind of, yeah. And then you walk in there, you know, with you know with their normal like bright colored clothes or just not black. And if it's like any other con, you're just walking around in a tank top.
0: I'll have you know, I will wear my Edgar Allan Poe shirt, <laughs> and I will wear my Edgar Allan Poe hat and mustache, and uh my pea coat and. I threw my peacoat away because I got too buff and it doesn't fit anymore. That sucks, folks, when you get so buff. That's what nobody does like- about working out. When you get buff and you can't wear the peacoat anymore because it doesn't fit, you flex well, through it. Well, you, couldn't you just get a different peacoat? Shut up, Spencer. It's summer. What are you fucking... Well, oh, no, I'm just saying. Well, it was summer.
1: Because I, I knew that must have hit you hard because you literally liked that peacoat.
0: I really did. It was so comfortable <laughs> and it was nice. Okay, I will read this one. Another pun one. This is from uh, Julian Calvin, Bellbrook, Ohio. Did a fuck it? What is that? It, more wood. <laughs> for you folks that don't know, my fucking house got covered in wood. Don't ask. I was doing some whittling. When I was whittling, I uh, whittled wood everywhere.
1: Is that what you call whenever the missus is around? <laughs> you just whittling some wood down in the basement?
0: <laughs> There's some wood getting whittled, that's for sure. In the basement, in the dark basement. After almost 20 years of baldness, Harry finally decided to splurge on an expensive human hair wig. After all, $400 to look 20 years younger was a small price to pay. (laughs) Get a toupee? Because he's getting a toupee. (laughs) That was clever. Western. The winner of the Western contest is Stephanie Carnosh, Springboro, Ohio. Yeehaw, boys, and so long, called Eugene Bullet Tooth Dynamite Jones as he (laughs) As he rode off into the torrential downpour on his 32-inch-tall miniature horse, Kevin, hiding a frown because he knew deep down in his heart he had yeed his last haw. I feel like I gotta read that one again. I liked it.
1: <laughs> the, the, the name.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna read that just one more time, just because I enjoyed reading that. I'm gonna go more harder into the yee-haw. More harder. I'm gonna go harder. Yeehaw, boys, and so long, called Eugene Bullet to Dynamite Jones as he rode off into the torrential downpour and his 32-inch tall miniature horse, Kevin, hiding a frown because he knew deep down in his heart he had yeed his last haw. (laughs) See, if I read these beforehand, I can give them the right emphasis needed to make it more entertaining. Miscellaneous dishonorable mentions. First up, Jose Baltron Escavi, the hog. Oh, is that a place? Okay. As I stood next to the deathbed, I could hear a whisper full of desperate urgency. I have to confess something to you. I am not your sister. I am your mother. I don't know why I'm sounding like a dude. Then. To which I just nodded and said, "Of course, Grandpa." Oh, see, that was right. Worked. I'm not gonna read these either. Oh, like I said, folks, look in the show notes for the that aura. I guess that's not really an article. That's their actual site with all the winners and losers, but it is pretty fun and you can get lost four days reading those so what'd you like the most which one i like the yeehaw Yeehaw, that was my favorite
1: the yeehaw was pretty good and then um there was another one that i i kind of liked
0: well what did you learn about what not to write as your first opening like what things you shouldn't put into your first opening that make it shitty the full character's
1: name, background, race, job, religion, family members, all that kind of information. Their whole biography. Yeah. Um in the first sentence, too much is too much information in
0: general. Yeah, it's, that's the you don't need that much information. Unnecessary. Also, which this just goes into writing in general. Put the fucking thesaurus down, yeah,
1: at least for the first draft, I mean, yeah,
0: like if you've got the thesaurus app on your phone, don't even use it on the first draft because you're not looking for the right. like if you have to look real hard to find a, the word to say something out, like just say what you originally were gonna say. yeah, and you can change it later. but like another tip, if you are writing in such a way as I was reading some of those, where the reader is going to be stumbling over some of the words because you use a fucking $20 word for no reason, that's usually bad writing because the reader needs to be able to get through fairly well, easily. Well, like, a lot of those were, like, there was, like, five $20 words. Well, that's, right the, that's ne- the thing about a $20 word. You can throw one in every once in a while. Yeah. And then the reader goes, oh, this guy's smart. I'll look this up. But, like, you just said, if you got five in a row, fuck it. <laughs> like that's why when I read uh, fucking Melville, I'm just like, hmm. I guess I got to read this with a dictionary yeah. on my side. Thanks, Melville. Like that's not enjoyable. I don't want to read like that. I don't want to. They should just name the Herman Melville mm. contest.
1: And just like
0: the the length
1: of the first sentence.
0: Yeah. Again, which kind of goes with me reading them out loud. Your reader shouldn't be out of breath yeah. after reading one sentence. If they are, your sentence is probably way too long. It doesn't need to be that long. And a lot of famous writers are uh, guilty of this one. Uh, Not not opening sentences, but just sentences in general where they like they'll have a whole paragraph. That's one sentence. See,
1: I always feel like my sentences are too small, too short. Yeah, like I'm just like, and I know like you know that's good sometimes if you yeah to you know maybe try to quicken up the pace real quick or to set a certain kind of you know. A uh, feeling going on, but I I feel like a lot of times like my sentences are short, and then so that that makes my paragraphs kind of smaller, mm. and it's like I don't feel like I like I feel like I always have to go in and like add more, then you know beef them up a little bit.
0: I like to vary my sentences and paragraph length. Some paragraphs are only a sentence or two, which we have talked. I think we t- those many you who talked about uh. Some advice I saw online where it said you should just never a, do all, more. Th-
1: just all small.
0: Yeah, every paragraph should be less than three sentences. I do. I'm not getting into it again, but I think that's shitty advice. Yeah. Paragraph is as long as it needs it to be. Sentence is as long as it needs it to be. The way I feel about it though is, um, it's more about the pacing, and I think it's more enjoyable because if you read paragraph after paragraph of just short sentences. Oh, dude, yeah. Or. Every paragraph is around the same length in sentences, and it's only three senten you know three or four sentences each. Like if it's too uniform, the writing's gonna be. It might not even be boring writing. You just kind of zone out. It's like a, a natural response to seeing something like that. It's just you see like a wall of text, and you're just kind of in and out. Vary it. So you want to catch the reader off guard with a long ass paragraph every once in a while. You want to throw a couple short ones in there, and sometimes that's nice because if you follow up like a, a series of long paragraphs. With a bunch of short ones, the readers, it's almost like a reward. It's like, yeah. oh, knock That page took me five minutes to read. This, I knocked out five more pages yeah. in a minute's time. Like, that was quick. So just vary your writing. That's really all I can say. And that just has to, I mean, that's kind of a trial and error thing just to learn what works best for you and what, mainly what works best for the story.
1: And, and, uh, the, that's going to help you kind of figure out your voice too. Yeah. And then once I think once you get a grasp on, on what your storytelling voice is for the most part, or at least whatever the voice is for whatever story you're working on at the time. Right. And I think once you're able to get that down, I think that, will, that helps.
0: It's, it's, uh, it's one of those things you don't think about when you first start writing. You're like, I'm just going to write. And then at some point, you, uh, I don't want to say get obsessed with it, but you focus too much on that and, uh, and you kind of, it would almost be better if you just go back to, that. you're not paying attention to the length of sentences and paragraphs. You're just writing Uh, because that's mainly what you want to do. And again, it's about the efficiency of the message. I don't think I've ever read a, read a novel where everything was short sentences that I cared for. I've never read too many novels. that every fucking sentence was, you know, a page long that I really liked either, but moderation i guess i don't know yeah Just work on it i am tired now well put up put up one stinking curtain you're not it's too comfortable in here now <sighs> um anyway folks if you want to talk to us about butt stuff you can who wrote this fucking thing spencer i'm not letting you in charge of the outros ever again
1: Darn
0: it. He always writes my outro, and then I read it online, on air, on something. It's so, like
1: the uh, Ron Burgundy. You just yeah, read just, whatever's, yeah. it, whatever's in front of you and it doesn't.
0: Uh, anyway, just go to drunkenpenwriting.com and look up stuff. We've got things on there. You can also check us out on Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing, Instagram at Facebook, Drunken Pen Writing. YouTube, which I never call out for some reason, but we do have YouTube, which is just a podcast. I don't... And one video of us beating the shit out of stuff, but that was also on Instagram. You know what? I'm going to give the people some real advice. Do some goddamn writing. Yes. And you'll get some results. Yeah. Too much thinking about writing, talking about writing, wanting to write. Just fucking write. Don't act about it. Be about it. Bitch.